to another episode of the Millionaire Mentor Method Podcast with me, your host, Crystal Colley, also known as the most famous woman in the world. So today, lions, tigers, and inverted bond yield curves. Oh my. Yes, we are getting into the deep today, people, because I think it's really important with all of the headlines. I'm sure all of you smarty pants out there are hearing about the inverted bond yield curve or the negative bond yield and leading indicators. And there's so much economic turmoil right now and a lot of headlines that I know a lot of us don't fully understand and it can be very confusing. And with the way the 24-hour news cycle is today, they love to throw out very scary sounding headlines and make us uh, semi-panic without actually explaining what all of it means and importantly, what it means for you specifically. So I am going to start out by just defining some terms for us in very simple ways that we can all understand because one thing we want to make sure to do is to not feel like all of this, all of the financial jargon is above our heads because it's not. And one of the tricks of so many players in the money game is to throw out lots of terms and make things seem more complicated than they really are at the base. So we're going to talk about bonds and why is it that so many financial experts are talking about this inverted bond yield curve? What in the world? Okay, so first of all, let's define some terms. What is a bond? We're going to start there. So first of all, you have government bonds, you have corporate bonds, and you also have things like municipal bonds, which municipal, if you guys don't know, that just means local. So cities, cities also issue bonds. And I know I've actually talked about this, I've actually talked about bonds recently on a different episode talking about something else, but today, as a side note, it's going to be all about just this. So today we are not going to be talking about corporate bonds, we're not going to be talking about municipal bonds, we are talking about United States Treasury bonds. So that is also another term that needs to be defined because sometimes you will hear certain terms used interchangeably. And I know that when I was learning about this stuff, I was really confused about why what, why do they use four different words for the same thing, pretty much. So sometimes you will hear these referred to just as bonds. Sometimes you will hear them referred to as treasuries. Sometimes you will hear them referred to as T-bills or treasury notes or treasury bonds. All of those things are talking about the same thing. And what that means is it is a debt instrument. And don't be confused by that. It just means for all intents and purposes, it's just a promissory note, basically, that you are lending money to the United States government. And they are going to take that money and do do governmental things And in exchange for you lending the United States government your hard-earned cashish, the government promises to pay you a certain amount of 
interest on that money upon what's called the maturity date. And don't get confused by any of these terms because we're defining them in super, super simple ways. So the maturity date just means that if you tell the government, hey, government, you can borrow $1,000 from me and in two years, I want that $1,000 back plus 3% interest. So two years is its maturity date. So in two years, you're going to get the full amount. And I want to keep going with this defining terms, actually, because there's going to be a few things that I'm going to be talking about, and we need to know what in the world these things mean. So another important term is the coupon rate. And yes, of course, it has to be even more confusing because to people like me, when I think of coupons, I think of, you know, the things you clip out of the news, out of the local newspaper and you go to the grocery store and you get 50 cents off of the cereal. So that's confusing. But the coupon rate is just the interest rate that the government is going to pay you for these. So it's sort of like your APR. And just to give you an idea, um, today it's sitting, just depending on how long the bond is that we're talking about, it's somewhere between uh, three, three point three ish, three point four ish, all the way up to the mid four percent. So like four point five percent, somewhere there. Um, but in the last few years, they've been, you know, they can go from below one percent, and they can go up up higher. So we're in a very interesting market right now, but okay, back to the back to the sauce, back back to the important stuff here. So your coupon rate is just the interest rate that you're that the government's gonna pay you back for letting them use your money. So let's say that you had a two-year bond and the government is going to pay you three percent on that uh semi-annually. So these are, by the way, your your coupon rate or your interest rate, your APR rate that you're getting paid is paid to you semi-annually or annually, just depending on how long the bond is that you buy. And also this is closely associated with the bond yield. So exactly like it sounds, a yield is how much money this instrument is paying you. So I think of a yield like if you're a farmer, right? So if you're a farmer and you're farming corn and you plant the corn, well, at harvest time, your yield would be how much corn you harvested. Okay, so your bond yield is very, very important, obviously, because that is the whole point of why people invest in bonds. And there are short-term bonds, there are long-term bonds, and typically what that means is the shortest bonds are somewhere around 13 weeks, um, 13 weeks to uh, two years, and the long-term bonds, so we're talking long-term 10 years, 20 years, and all the way up to the longest-term treasury bond, which is 30 years. And also, uh, just as an aside, 
I wanted to have all of us realize that, and this was confusing me for a minute. I just did not understand this, but just realize that you can buy bonds directly from the United States government, but there's also a secondary bond market. So you can trade bonds on the open market. And that is very important to just kind of keep in mind because when we're talking about bond prices going up and down and uh, interest rates going up and down, what we're really talking about most of the time is this secondary market of trading bonds. So can you sell your bond before the maturity date? And the answer is yes. Yes, you can. And it's done in droves every day, all the time on the New York Stock Exchange. And it's done through, uh, you know, all kinds of other uh, apps and platforms. So yes, you can sell early and I'm not going to get too, too into the weeds with this, but uh, because we can start getting into like discount rates and factoring in inflation and how inflation actually causes returns to be actually in reality significantly higher than the actual two to four percent coupon rate and all this crazy jargon. But that is so not the point right now. I just want us to recognize that as changes in our economy occur, the bond rate, the yield, and the, 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 the price of the bond, the actual price of the bond, goes up and down. It fluctuates on the secondary market, and that depends on investors' sentiment. And what does that mean? In, investor sentiment just means major players in the game, so the experts and people that manage the uh, portfolio allocation and, and things like that, it depends on what they're feeling, seeing, and predicting the near-ish future will bring in the, not just the United States economy, but the global economy. Because we also have to realize that, well, who buys bonds? That's, that's also a very important thing to realize, which is there are, so when we're thinking of bonds, a, a lot of times I think we think of um, only fixed income individuals that are buying this. So uh, pensions and things like that, right? But that's not the only investors in the bond market by far. So the number one bond, uh, the number one investor in bonds is uh, foreign governments and uh, foreign companies, which is, that's a whole other thing we can get into. Um, but also insurance companies buy large swaths of the bond market. So yeah, we're talking like State Farm, um, Progressive, homeowners insurance, things like that. So, uh, you know, life insurance, things like that. They will allocate large chunks of the money that you are paying for your insurance into vehicles like bonds. 
Um, again, uh, other, other ones, uh, or not again, but just other ones, uh, federal government retirement funds are investing, invested into bonds, mutual funds, hedge funds, nonprofits. Um, yes, okay, so money market funds, ETFs, yes. So the bond market is actually bigger than the stock market. We have to also think about that. So this this stuff is really Actually, it's quite interesting if, if you want to get really nerdy, but let's keep it moving. Okay, so what in the world is a bond yield curve? So first of all, we know what a bond is. It's when you lend the government your money and Uncle Sam promises to pay you back plus a little bit extra on top. We know what a bond yield is. That's that little extra money on top that you're going to get paid. Now, what is a bond yield curve? So the bond yield curve is just an XY chart that plots the maturity dates and the yields. So it's just a graph. It's just a simple graph like we used to see in junior high school. And um, usually it's comparing, usually it is comparing what's called a spread. And we're not getting confused by the word spread either. A spread is just a comparison of two different length bonds. So a very common one that is used for analysis by experts is something called the two to 10 year spread. And that just means you're looking at, you're just comparing, you're comparing, you're comparing the two year uh, bond yield to the 10 year bond yield. So if I bought if me, little Susie, I don't know why I'm going to use little Susie, but let's say little Susie wants to invest in a bond. And by the way, yes, normal people can invest in bonds as well. I listed all the major players in the game. But yes, your grandma can go buy a bond tomorrow or tonight. And so can you. And so can I. So if little Susie wants to buy a two-year bond, Maybe she will, uh, you know, well, so she'll be looking at how much money she's going to make from either one, short-term versus long-term. And important. this is also an important note to make, which is usually longer-term bonds pay more than short-term bonds. And we can just think of a very, very simple way to think of this, which is if your little cousin came to you and said, hey, um, I really need to borrow $1,000. Uh, and he said, I need to borrow that $1,000 for 10 years. I'll pay you back in 10 years. Okay. Uh, now that's cousin, let's say that's cousin number one. All right. Cousin number two comes along and says, I need to borrow that thousand dollars too. I actually, I need to buy, borrow a thousand dollars as well, but I will pay you back in a week. So cousin one wants to borrow a rack and is going to pay you back in 10 years. Cousin number two wants to borrow the rack and is going to pay you back next Monday. Who do you charge a higher interest rate? 
you charge the higher interest rate on your cousin who wants to pay you back in 10 years, right? Because you have to give this kid $1,000 and you're not going to see that money for a decade. So of course you're going to say, all right, that's, that's fine, but I'm going to need, I don't know, $2,000 back from you since you're going to be, you know, I'm going to have that money locked up that I'm not going to be able to use that money while you have it. I'm going to be out that money. I'm not going to be able to invest that money in other ways. I'm not going to be able to use that money to eat. I'm not going to be able to spend that money on gas. Uh, you know, while cousin number two, you could say, all right, cool. Um, you know, next week, just pay me back an extra 50 bucks and we'll call it even, right? Because you're going to get that thousand bucks back in a week and it's, it's not really that big of a deal. So bonds work in the same exact way. Usually longer terms, bond, longer term bonds. So the 10, 10 year, 20 year and 30 year pay more than the short term ones. So this is where all of the experts are, uh, signaling the red flag, which is, so usually this XY graph, which is the bond yield curve, um, usually it's a slope upward. And that just means that, yep, the longer term bonds, the long-term bonds are paying more than the short-term ones. And that's something that you would see in a typical economic situation. Uh, okay, you can also have a, a flat curve, but what the inverted curve means is simply that instead of that curve going up, it just means that it's going down now. And that just means that the, let's say in this particular example, that the two-year and 10-year bond yield flip-flopped. So usually like I just said a million times, but I want to hammer home all of these, all of these um, complicated ideas. So I'm going to be repeating things quite a bit on purpose. So the 10-year bonds, again, we're paying more in a normal economy, but now the 10-year bonds are paying less than the short-term ones, than the two-year. So those two things flip-flopped. And just to give you a background, this is, so this is a key leading indicator of a coming recession. And that has been the case. So this, this leading indicator has only been wrong once since the 1960s. And uh, this is something that all, so all the experts look at this and savvy investors look at this. And we follow this to be able to predict the future. I mean, that's what we all want to do, right? Wouldn't it be great if we could all predict the future? Well, we may not be able to be right 100% of the time when we're predicting the future. But if you know where to look, if you if you can base certain things on history, which is always a, a, the, best, the best possible learning tool is to simply look at what has happened before, then you can kind of predict the future. You can see where the boat is going. Okay, so yay, we got through so much already. This is wonderful, this is wonderful. Okay, so... Um, 
Watching and being aware of the bond market can help us make wiser financial decisions. And in this case, it is, it is imperative that we understand what to do. And I know that I've gone over this recently about the recession and what should we do and everything, but I just wanted to bring in this, this very specific headline that I keep seeing everywhere and explain it and, what, and also tie in what should we do about it. So, um, and also you can think of this, this word inversion, just think of it as negative or just think it flip-flopped. The short-term bonds and, and long-term bonds yield flip-flopped. It's a lot easier to think of it as a negative bond yield as opposed to this fancy word inversion. But anyways, what, what does it mean to be in a recession? I wanted to take a step back and think about that as well because I was driving on the freeway today and I was thinking about this podcast and then I thought, you know, I was, I was in the working world when the 2008 recession happened, but I was too young to, well, first of all, even care. Um, I, I, I definitely remember not really caring. At, at that time, I wasn't big into paying attention to the news. But I was also just too young to really be affected by it. I wasn't, I wasn't in the phase of my life that I am now, and I wasn't, you know, um, I mean, I was just, I was playing guitar and waitressing at that time, so I didn't really care about, uh, you know, my portfolio allocation or anything like that. So, um, but I thought, you know, so many of us maybe have not been through the 2008 recession, and or like me, was you were just in a different phase in your life and you, you are now in a vastly different phase in your life. So what is a recession? What does it mean to be in a recession? And I don't mean the technical term. I mean, it's going to mean, and it already is meaning right now, um, because we're not going to be in a recession. We already are in a recession. That's also a point that we have to realize. We already are in a recession. It means layoffs. It means reduced hours. It means it's going to be harder to find a job if you are in, in that market to, to be trying to find a job. It's going to mean that more applications, more resumes, more CVs are going to be flooding hiring managers' desks. It means that for one job opening, they might get a thousand applicants. And no hard feelings, but it's just a numbers game at that point. Uh, it means there's reduced consumer spending. So, and, and this all can become a vicious cycle, which is also because we are dealing with inflation right now. So everything is costing more and everyone is trying to tighten their budget because of that, on top of it, it's harder to find a job. Nobody's spending, so that, so that means companies are gonna lay off more, and because they're laying off more, then it goes down and down, and it becomes a vicious cycle. A downward spiral, right? So, I don't wanna be the angel of doom, so I want to 
remind us what should we be doing right now and things that we can remember that are positive as well. So what should we be doing right now is the point, right? So of course, there will be different imperatives for you depending on your age and depending on your particular financial situation and your personal family situation, right? So someone who is someone who is 19 years old with no kids and is still living at home with mom is going to be in the things that they should be doing. Well, it's it's actually not going to be vastly different from from the general things we should be doing, but it it is different of course, right? So that's like a no-brainer. Um as opposed to someone who is 40 with three kids and a mortgage and maybe they already started building, you started building your portfolio already, you have a 401k, you have, um, you know, maybe you have a small business. So, so it's, it's slightly different advice, but it's, it's kind of not, it's, it's, I guess it would be more, um, one would be more simple than the other, really, but the, the ideas are generally the same because the principles are the same. So what should you do? And I said this before in a very recent episode, but you should be making a budget and sticking to it. And that goes for anyone, even if you are making a lot of money. So I'm talking to my doctors, I'm talking to my lawyers, I'm talking to my professionals out there, I'm talking to my people who are making $300,000 a year, I'm talking to my people who are making $70,000 a year, I'm talking to my people who you, you, you know, I don't care how much money you're making, you still need to make a budget and stick to it because you want to be always value what you have, right? So just because, let's say, just because you're making $100,000, $200,000, $300,000, maybe $400,000, I don't know. Just because you're making that amount, don't start putting the energy out there that you don't care and that you're just... um, flippant with your money or you're you know, that you're just careless and reckless with your money, right? And a, and a budget is a great place to start. Cut back on reckless spending. So cutting back on reckless spending, you guys would be shocked at how much money you actually probably spend per month on things that not only do you not need, but that are just completely frivolous and ridiculous. I just canceled, I just canceled... Two things today? Was it two things? Yeah, two things. Well, actually, I canceled one, and I need to cancel the other one because I just remembered it. And guess what? Those two things, between those two things, I'm, oh, no, no, wait, three things. Okay, I did cancel two things, and I need to cancel a third thing. And let me do the math. And these, these were subscription services I didn't need. Let me do the math real quick, okay? And the other one was like, how much was that one like? That one was expensive. I think it was like 24 bucks a month or something. Let's just say 25. Okay, so all together, those three subscriptions that I kind of forgot about, canceled today, $45 a month between the three of them, 
times 12, I'm saving $540. So I just made $540 a year today by just remembering, oh yeah, I got to cancel da da da. I got to cancel that. I got to cancel. Like, why do I have that? Why do I have that? I don't even know. Cancel right now. I want you to pause this podcast and go right now and cancel something. I don't care. I don't care. You need to cancel something. Cancel one thing and just feel good about it. And we can do some math, you know, $540. All right, let's do some math real quick. Let's do some math just to see. I canceled three things today. All right, that's $540 a year, right? Let's say I invested that into an S&P 500 index fund, which is a very simple uh, thing that you can do any, on any of these apps. You can do it on Webull. You can do it on Robinhood. You can do it on whatever the heck uh, platform you want to do. Let's just say that I did that, and let's be extremely conservative. Let's just be extremely conservative and say that it returned to me 7%. So 7%, let's round this up. Let's just say it's making me 38 bucks a year. So, all right, we're, we're rolling at about, we're rolling at about $578 a year because I'm going to invest that, right? All right, let's look in 10 years. All right, not bad. 5,780 bucks. All right. So $6,000 actually, let's just round it up and say six, right? I just made $6,000 just by pressing a couple buttons. Like that's awesome. <laughs> I actually am glad I did that math because I feel really good about myself now. So you guys need to go cancel something, whatever it is. Uh, what's some other things that we can be doing? We can be educating ourselves as much as humanly possible. It's so important to never stand still. Don't just become stagnant. Don't get stuck. Don't get scared and, and, and just stay lazy. We don't want to have sloth in our life, right? That's one of those, that's one of the, uh, the money code that I just did an episode about, about the ancient, the secret ancient Jewish code of how to become wealthy. Do not tolerate sloth in your life. It's unhealthy in so many ways. So keep it moving by educating yourself on, on tough subjects, you know, like this. Even if you are reading, read five minutes a day. Pick up an accounting book, read one page. Instead of scrolling through TikTok, just have a book by you. Or even print out one page, print one page and fold it and put it in your pocket. And throughout the day, get that one page read. That's some things that I do all the time. I have books around me all the time. I have books. I literally have books in the most random places because I... I know that if I don't see them, it's going to be out of sight, out of mind. And I do slowly get through all of them. I have books on my coffee table. I have books in the kitchen. I have books in the car. I have books in the front seat. I have books in the trunk. I have books in the bathroom. So 
super important because that is an intangible asset that can pay you dividends. You can use this time to build your intangible, intangible assets, which includes not just education, but, but things like online courses. And I know I went through this before, so I'm not going to do it again, but online courses, books, networking, all of those intangible assets, website building, build your website, redo your resume, redo your LinkedIn, spend a few hours and redo your freaking LinkedIn, put your resume on Indeed, put your resume up, put your, you know, maybe make a CV, maybe make a, uh, a interview video, things like that. Ask around if Ask around, start now and start preparing and start looking for other job alternatives. Boost your hard skill set. So I know and understand how important soft skills are. They really are so important. But soft skills are very, very, very difficult to convey to other people in certain aspects. So it's very hard to convey to a hiring manager for a position that pays you $100,000 to start. It's very hard to convince that person that your ability to make conversation with anyone is enough to warrant you getting that position instead of the thousand other applicants that want it and that are hungry. So build your hard skill set. And hard skills, I mean things that are tough and that other people don't want to do. Go get a certificate or two. Go get, go take an accounting class. Le well, you're already learning about investing now, but I, I, and I know this is like, I guess it's not cool anymore to be this way, but I'm a big believer in getting pieces of paper. I am, and it's just a thing because I've been able to fall back on that in life. So get a certificate. Go get a tax preparer certificate, a phlebotomist certificate, whatever. I mean, there's so many things that you can do that only take a few months. You can literally just Google um, you know, technical certificates I can get within six months. Take six months and just grab something <laughs> that you can have, right, as a backup for a backup for a backup for a backup. I know there's so many people are going to be like, yeah, it's a waste of money. Well, you know, uh, a phlebotomist license is only like 1500 bucks. And if, if the zombie apocalypse comes, you can always work in a hospital, all right? So it's, you know, not, not all education is a scam. Not everything is horrible. Um, you know, maybe think about going back to school, you know? I mean, I'm not, I'm not super big on going back to school for things that only encourage soft skills. So, but hey, you know what? Maybe it's time for you to go, to go get your, um, you know, uh, you're, um, oh my God, I can't think I'm, I'm getting tired. It's, it's 218. <laughs> it's 218. I was going to say, go get your lawyer certificate. Um, yes, lawyer certificate. We're just going to leave it at that. We're just going to leave it at that. Let's go through a couple more things that we can do right now. We can buy gold. We can buy silver. I just did an episode on that, so I'm not going to get into it right now, but you can buy physical gold and silver and have a portion of your 
portfolio allocated there. Please do not save paper cash in a bank, especially right now with the whole situation that's going on with the banks. Do not save cash in your bank. Only have enough for you to uh, pay your bills that month. Have, have enough in your checking that you can pay your bills that month with maybe a little extra. You know, obviously it is a good idea to have a certain amount as, as pure zombie apocalypse cash. That's fine. But don't be saving $100,000 in a savings account, please. Please. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, yes. Of course, I have to get to this. Um, if you are looking at real estate right now, if you're looking at real estate, either as a primary residence or especially as a rental property, because I'm all about cash flowing assets, all about it. If you're looking in real estate right now, you have to... Right now, you have to really research specific markets because they are vastly different depending on where you're looking right now. So we can't really say the housing market is doing this, the housing market is doing that. Yes, there's broad things that we can talk about, but it's it's very segmented. So the housing market in Newport Beach, California looks very different than Boise, Idaho. Looks very different than Phoenix. Looks very different than Austin. Looks very different than San Antonio. Looks very different than you get the idea. So research. Use this time right now to prep and do some research. And don't make risky investments right now. Right now is not the time to YOLO. Right now is not the time to buy individual stocks and try to get those moonshots right now is just not the time to do that because there are roiling waters ahead, tough choppy waters ahead, and we don't want to risk what we have on something that you read on Reddit. Also, things like Airbnb may not be the wisest thing to try to get into right now. Again, I would consider that a risky investment. If you're going to try to do a rental property, much better just to get a long-term renter. And there's a lot of reasons behind that as well, which I'm not going to get into. And allocate, allocate a portion of your monthly income to just simply investing in a simple index fund. You can Google S&P 500 index funds. You can Google top S&P 500 index funds to buy. And go and put a small portion of your monthly income, and that's monthly income before taxes and before expenses. So if you're making $5,000 a month, and you're spending $4,800 a month, I don't mean take a percentage of the 200 bucks that you have left over because then that's only gonna be 20 bucks. If it's 10%, it's only 20 bucks, which is not enough, okay? Like, let's just be real. You need to be thinking more in terms of gross. So if you're making 5,000 a month, 
you need to figure out a way to live on 90% of that income. And don't tell me you can't do it. I know you can do it. You can live on 90% of your income if you really, 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 really wanted to. And so that means you would have an extra $500 to invest, to, to save in investment vehicles. So I do use the word save, but I don't mean save just putting your money in a savings account. That's not what I mean. I mean investing wisely and being smart and being mature and being ahead ahead of the game. All right, guys, this was real. We got through it. We, we know our stuff. We can talk intelligently to people about bond yield curves. Look at us go. Look at us go. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please check out our website at millionairementormethod.com. We're building an amazing community of mentors and mentees. And as of right now, we are matching mentors and mentees for free. It's free to sign up. There's also a bunch of free tools and worksheets that I am making and uploading all the time with a couple of my personal favorites that I use in my daily life, including my daily schedule that I use, my monthly schedule, and my favorite, which is the Problem Solution Worksheet. Please go check it out under free tools. We're also doing monthly mastermind meetups, which are completely free. And nope, we're not trying to sell you anything there. It's literally just a monthly hangout in order to meet each other, bounce ideas off of each other, learn and connect and remember that two brains are better than one and that is an amazingly easy way to get advice about your financial situation, get advice about your business and of course I'm going to be on all of those Zoom calls so wherever you are in the world you can join us on Zoom and those dates are on millionairementormethod.com as well. We're at Millionaire Mentor Method on all of our social handles. Wherever you like to scroll the best, we're there. And of course, you can connect with me personally on themostfamouswomaninthworld.com. A lot of you don't know, but I'm actually a musician and artist, first and foremost, amongst the other bajillion things that I get my hands into. But uh, if you want to connect with me there, you can contact me through the contact form or on all of my personal socials, I am most famous woman in the world or the most famous woman in the world. You can also Google Crystal Kali, K-R-Y-S-T-A-L-K-H-A-L-I and connect with me. I'm here to answer questions and connect and spread financial freedom. And remember, demonstrate excellence and bravery and each one teach one. The information provided in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and should not be construed as financial advice, investment advice, or medical advice. The host is not a financial advisor nor a medical doctor or licensed therapist. Any financial or medical decisions made based on the information in this podcast are made at the listener's own risk. It is recommended that listeners consult with licensed professionals such as CPAs, financial advisors, and licensed physicians before making any investment or medical decisions. The host and creators of this podcast accept no responsibility or liability for any loss or damages incurred as a result of the information provided in this podcast.